What was the greatest surprise during the first year of medical school? What was the greatest moment? What was the worst moment? What is BMX motocross racing? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Missy, who is a first-year medical student who recently learned she graduated into her second year. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Cool. Well, uh, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I've got a great guest today. Just graduated first year medical student, now a second year medical student. Say hello to Missy. Hi. <laughs> so uh, let's kind of talk about uh, med school and your experiences during first year. So let's kind of go in reverse. I mean, you just had your big final. How yep. was that? Um, it was a little nerve wracking. Okay. Um, I think we did it in a new style, which I think is going to be great for the incoming classes. I think it's going to be really beneficial for just kind of getting everybody ready for step one, which is what we all obsess over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really don't think at the end of the day it was that bad. It was just something you kind of blow out of the water. Cause so what was the new nervous. style? Um, so we were doing more the USMLE style questions um, rather than just the questions that our professors were writing down. And some of our professors um, for our normal quiz questions actually do write um, USMLE style questions, but some of them, um, just because we don't have the full background yet, are only writing one or two step questions rather than the like two or three step questions that mm-hmm. are a little bit more in depth. So so what do you mean by two or three step questions for those who are not familiar um, with USMLE so style questions? It's, it's kind of a much more complicated version of, um, you know, if there's a yellow um, vehicle coming down the, the street, what is it? And you'd be like, oh, that's a bus. It's a bus, right? yeah. You're like, yes, mm-hmm. got it, I got know it, it. The bus. But instead, it's like, so there's a yellow vehicle coming down the street, and it's the bus. And you're like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I already knew that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, so who would be driving that? Or, you know, what would be going on? And it's obviously a lot more complicated than that. It's, you know, um, here's this organ, and it secretes a hormone that does this, and you're in your mind saying, yes, I know what that is. I know what the hormone name I is. I know yeah. what it is. Yeah. You're so excited. Mm-hmm. And then it tells you what it is. And all of a sudden you're a little bit deflated because that was about all you knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it asks you what that hormone does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's just getting used to kind of being comfortable in the situation mm-hmm. where you have to think a little bit longer and a little bit more thoroughly mm-hmm. on what you're you're looking at. Excellent. So this final, was it? comprehensive was it material from the entire year yeah so it was the whole year um and our unit directors had sat down and had gone through everything um that we had looked at for molecules cells and cancer mm-hmm. post and defense and then phase one which is kind of foundations of medicine yeah its mm-hmm. own its own like full comprehensive version of this is everything you're going to learn um and so it seemed a little bit overwhelming but i think when you sat down and really just worked through it it wasn't that that intense mm-hmm. um it did take a lot of like time though yeah how many questions i think it was 145 well that's a lot of questions yeah and for three, three and a half hours three and a half hours okay. yeah all right and i know they did uh they did a lot of uh they were, you know, were very big on you know privacy and security and i think everyone was kind of scattered taking yeah. the test in different locations yeah so we yeah. actually went down to the marriott library oh, okay um, which is the undergrad library, and they have a whole bunch of computers in a computer bank, um, and it's it's very secure. Like you go in, and you know you don't even get to bring in 
like anything besides your ID mm-hmm. um, and what you're wearing, basically. Mm-hmm. And you log in um, and basically just start your test. You know, they give you earphones or not earphones, earplugs. Um, and this is very similar to when oh, you take step one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like the MCAT, mm-hmm. only um, oddly it seemed a little bit less um, crazy than the MCAT, but that could just be because I was freaking out when yeah. I was taking the MCAT. So right. I don't know. Well, I'm glad you passed. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. What are you doing right now? How, what, how do you most, uh, what, what are you doing in your summer in between your first and second um, year? This summer, I decided to grab probably too many research projects, um, but I'm really interested in all of them. And they're all things that I can kind of carry on for an extended period of time rather than just um, this summer, which mm-hmm. I think is going to be really beneficial um, later on for you know, actually trying to get into a program following match. So, well, you know, I'm just ballpark. How many of your classmates do you think stuck around Salt Lake city and how many, and what are your other classmates who are not in Salt Lake city? Where are they up to? Um, I think a good number of us actually stuck around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say at least 50% are still here doing research. Um, I think most of them are doing research of some sort, um, whether it, it might not look like lab research or research where they're actually like sitting in the clinic. I think they're still doing something. So they're doing something along the lines of, um, you know, analyzing data, <clears throat> sorry. Um, or they're doing their own research project. There's actually a whole bunch of us who have, um, kind of like your own project that you're piloting and moving mm-hmm. along just with the support of somebody else. Um, and then you know, the other 50% or so that are gone, Mm -hmm. they're also doing research. They're doing it in Africa or Indonesia or, um, you know, they're, they're definitely getting in something, but I think a lot of us are really focused on, um, making sure that we get a little bit of time off too. So we don't some R and R. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So So what are you doing this summer? Are you traveling or, um, so I'm going to be biking a lot. Because that's, okay. you know, that's your what passion. I do. That's what I do. We're going to talk about that at the end of this uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I think I'm running um, a baby try at the end of the month. And then I'm... <laughs> so a baby triathlon or are you going to try to have a baby? It's so a sprint. Oh, no, okay. I'm not having a baby. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, not, not right okay. now, at All least. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no. So I'm running um, a sprint try okay. in St. George. And they call those baby tries. Well, it's a, it's a baby try because otherwise it gets confusing with okay. the different lengths of... So how, how much how much length is it or how much time? It's like it's like a 5K and like a 12-mile bike ride. It's basically what we did for 4th Street Clinic. So something here. would probably kill me, but is a baby um, triathlon for you? Hopefully it wouldn't kill you. It, it only takes like... You know, an hour or do they, two. Do they have like a teenage try and then like a young ad- young male, <laughs> kind of, young adolescent? Kind of. So yeah. it goes all the way up to like the Olympic okay. like triathlon and then past that it's like Ironman and okay. like the other crazy things that people do. Wow. <laughs> like I'm not doing those. Okay. I'm not a good swimmer. So. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's get a little back on track. So a question I get a lot, Missy, is how, I mean, how do medical students get their research up. I mean, how easy is it to get research opportunities here? I mean, you can talk a little bit about that. I mean, cause I get yeah. that question a lot. I go out there and do presentations and people are, I mean, it's very hard for undergrads to imagine what it's like to be a medical student and, and do research at the same time. So how does that work? Um, so I think it takes planning first mm-hmm. off. Um, you have to kind of at least have an idea of what you're interested in and then do a little bit of groundwork to know what the other people around you are interested in. Um, but the second that you do that, uh, you basically just 
email them or walk up to them following a grand rounds or, you know, have somebody else that knows them introduce you. Um, it's really easy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for the people that I'm doing research with, one of them, um, I met because I tore my ACL. And the, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. I mean, You've recovered very well. You I've walked recovered into my very well. Yeah. And, um, you know, now I'm doing research with him. And mm -hmm. then another one of them, um, I was really interested in doing um, orthotrauma stuff, mm. um, just to kind of see a different light of ortho. And so I basically emailed him, and he didn't respond. So then I emailed him again, and then he did respond. Okay. Um, so so think, some persistence. I yeah. think it's a little bit of persistence. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly... Um, you know, it's just like doing research in undergrad. You just have to ask and you have to be um, kind of persistent in making sure that they really know that you're interested. Because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people will say that they are and they're kind of just throwing it out there. Make, as a going through the motions. Yeah. yeah. Well, something I always say, and you can like agree or disagree with me. I tell undergraduates, applicants, that once you're in medical school, you've kind of cleared this bar. Yeah. And that... Um, the faculty here, once they know you're a med student, you kind of just kind of cut all through the red tape, right? Oh, yeah. You kind of mentioned it. Like you just approach them after class or after a grand rounds presentation and just see if they're interested. It's a little bit easier to kind of just jump into it once yeah. you identify yourself as a medical student. So yeah. would you agree with that? Or? Definitely. Um, one of the people that I'm doing research with, actually, he realized like two days ago that I hadn't given him my resume yet. Mm -hmm. So he actually like basically didn't know any of my background or any of the things that I had, you know, been interested in previously, any undergraduate work or anything like that. Um, and he was still, you know, full into it, just saying, yeah, like, come do research. Let's do it. This summer is going to be great. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. So, you know, I think they're, they're a lot more open and a lot less intimidating than they seem. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a little scary, I mm -hmm. think, when you haven't been in the atmosphere of it yet so have you felt like competition from your classmates to get into some of these research roles or or are there enough like enough faculty that everyone's kind of getting their needs met well, would... i think that there are enough faculty mm -hmm. um but i think there are a few faculty that are very prolific in their work mm -hmm. and so um i think a few students really hone in on that and they're you know thinking papers and turning stuff out um and so it kind of just depends on your style a little bit because I think that I mean there's not really competition mm -hmm. unless you you know actually sit in that mind frame um, but I do think that there are you know a few different um, attendings that have they're, they're a popular. lot of people yeah. <laughs> following them okay. around well, so good to know good to know well let's switch gears Missy so um, you know your first year is under the belt mm -hmm. you know and and I you know like people are just you know if you can imagine a year ago. You know, the summer right before med school starts, mm -hmm. you probably had a lot of questions in your mind, maybe some anxiety. It's like kind of the great unknown. What advice would you give to students who are in your who are in your shoes right now? Like what what turned out to be true? What turned out to be kind of, you know, just, you know, just something that got built up in your mind that wasn't true? I mean, mm -hmm. how, what would you say to people? Um, first, I would say get to know your classmates right off and don't be afraid of them. Mm -hmm. I'm outgoing, but I'm actually kind of a little hesitant when it comes to new people, mm -hmm. um, especially new people um, in a place where they might have known each other previously, just from classes or just from being around. Um, and then, you know, other than that, I think um, a lot of information was presented in phase one. And we talk about the like 
drinking from a fire hose thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the more that I look back at it, that analogy is kind of does a bit of a disservice because there's a lot of information. But if you actually take a step back, you know, just take a deep breath and look at it, there are maybe four or five things in each lecture that you really need to know rather mm-hmm. than you need to know every single word that's coming out of their mouth. Please write it down um, and maintain panic mode. So <laughs> um, I think that that would have been a lot, you know, more beneficial for me to kind of know that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it would have been good to kind of know um, know where you are. I had a few classmates who uh, they didn't really know where the grocery store was yet. So scope out where you are before you start school because it gets scary. Were you one of those people? <laughs> I wasn't because okay. I lived here. Um, okay. But I saw I saw some people took them on some grocery grocery, grocery runs, runs because good. Good. you know mm-hmm. you get you get a little nervous and you don't know where you are and it's just nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really be excited because mm-hmm. it's going to be really fun, but also know yourself well enough to know that you can do it and, you know, take a big, deep breath and maintain the things that keep you um, kind of sane the same Grounded. way that you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same way that you would when you were, you know, getting ready for your MCAT or getting through school. You know, if you're an Ultimate Frisbee player, go play Ultimate Frisbee Mm -hmm. um, and then come back and you'll feel 10 times better and you'll do better as well. So great. Best part or best memory of first year? Best memory of first year. Well, Dr. Morton sings some beautiful, beautiful songs. Mm -hmm. And I think I've heard that astounding. I'm still putting pressure on him to release a, a CD or yeah. ITunes or well, I mean, we could kind of do it for him. Mm-hmm. I did record some of them on my <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> what was his best song? What was the best rendition? Um, he he did one um, that basically went over every single cranial nerve and mm. everything that you would ever need to know about those cranial nerves. And I swear it was the best for studying Mm -hmm. like i didn't even actually look at cranial nerves for the final like this last final Mm -hmm. i just listened to his cranial nerve song so now do you know a song is coming does he walk in with his guitar or does he surprise you sometimes he surprises us or sometimes he'll be like at the end of this lecture i'm going to sing you guys a song Mm -hmm. and it's always with a guitar (laughs) correct always with a guitar i don't think he's bold enough to go acapella um, no, not yet. Not but I yet. think if we got, if we got like Pippet and okay. Lindsley right. and, you know, ooh, maybe like Formosa together, <laughs> we get like a nice chorus in the background, okay. get some like side shuffling, snaps. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. All right. So Dr. Morin, best memory of first year. What, sure. was, what was your most challenging memory? What was the hardest part about first year? Mm, hardest part about first year. So, um, I think a lot of us, um, I think the hardest part would be kind of realizing that you're not going to do um, a 99% on every exam mm. or higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a little little shocking at first, um, you know, and just that feeling that you just don't feel very good about yourself. And I think that's where, um, you know, like if, if I had had somebody, you know, tell me realistically, like, I'm not going to fix it right now, you should go for a run or go for a bike or go for something like that. Um, just get out of your head for a second and then come back and, and reevaluate. I think that that would have been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, because for, at least for the first time that I did, um, worse than I had expected. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was definitely 
really difficult. Kind of a gut check. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely like, do I belong here? Mm-hmm. And and then you go through that whole thing that you, I think, almost everybody does when they're getting ready for med school. Like, is this where I'm supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Um, is this, you know, what I want to do with my life? Um, you know, and I think I think that those those are good moments mm-hmm. actually because um, it's kind of like when. Um, I think almost all of us had a physician tell us that this isn't what we wanted to do. And if you're that easily swayed mm-hmm. um, to be told that that's not what you want to do and you believe them, then you don't want to do it because you don't care enough to keep going. Okay. So um, I thought it was it was awful and good at the same time. Well, I remember, and it sounds like similar, that when I was an undergrad, it just came easy, mm-hmm. you know grades and 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 studying it just kind of came easy yeah and then what i'm hearing from you missy and the same thing for me is like when i hit med school all of a sudden it wasn't easy anymore it was hard yeah and it was different and it required different ways to kind of study or approach things and i felt there was a lot of people in my class and sounds like mm-hmm. in your class too that that was the exact same experience because yeah. they were just used to like being on top yeah and it just it just came easy. And in med school, it didn't come easy. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, and I think that we all expected that. Um, mm-hmm. cause you know, I had to keep kind of reminding myself if you take like the top 5% of any class from any school, um, you know, it's the top 5%. So then all of a sudden what you're doing is you're looking at that top 5% and stratifying them and saying, okay, so within those top 5% of people, where, where do you fall? Mm-hmm. And so, it's a reassortment, and I think that um, every now and then it's good to remember that you know you had to work really hard to get there, and that there's you know you may be the top five percent still, despite the fact that right now you feel like you're you know in the like middle third or something. I was a strictly class. middle of the pack. I always made yeah. jokes that I was in the herd. Someone right in front of yeah. me and someone right behind me. So, herd yeah. immunity. Yeah, all herd the way. immunity. Yeah. So I like that joke. So <laughs> just got to stay in the herd. Exactly. If you get too far out in either direction, either it causes direction. a lot of stress. Yep. <laughs> so, all yep. right. So. Cool. Well, last question about first year. Um, what was the most surprising part about it? You know, it doesn't really matter if it's bad or good, but like what kind of surprised you about for your first year of medical school? Surprised me about my first year of medical school. Um, I think that. The most surprising thing about the first year of medical school was that um, I really actually enjoyed getting to know my classmates Mm. on the side. Um, I think at first I was a little hesitant because you come in with that like... Bunker mentality. Yeah, we're like, we're in it. Like, (laughs) bombs are flying. You know, we have to get through this (laughs) test. And Mm -hmm. God, there's another one. Help me. You know, and you're just hoping that it's going to work out. Uh, But... You know, I think that once I kind of relaxed a bit and actually got to know the people around me, I was really surprised at, at how different they all were um, and how they all had different experiences. And I think that I'm continually surprised by the things that my classmates have done, because mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, like we started off, um, you know, orientation with like, tell me something that's different about you. And, you know, we went through, I think, all of the dental students and all of the medical students. And that was, I think, 122 people. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of people. And so you're like, oh, I know. I know them. I know their cool thing. It's mm-hmm. okay. Um, but And I that think, was a thing. And it was one thing. Mm-hmm. And so, but I think you kind of, because in undergrad, 
you generally had, at least for me, I had like a very small group of very good friends. And then there were like all the other people, but you knew them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for some reason I assumed I was like, yeah, I know those people. They're really cool. Um, but I think kind of once I, I started trying to expand into, um, you know, like different groups of people and realized that, you know, I hadn't talked to the boys in the back at all because I sit in like the middle frontish, mm-hmm. um, you know, just trying to go back and be a little open to what they were talking about and kind of what they do with themselves. Cause I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were, there were a lot of things that I've learned and a lot of like kind of cool little tidbits that, um, I think you're going to be the kind of thing that, you know, 20 years down the road, I'll be like, yeah, I went to a, you know, I went to med school with somebody who, um, you know, was a nurse or had a baby eight days before, um, school started started, (laughs) or, um, you know, someone who played professional soccer. Um, you know, I have all sorts of different people in my Mm -hmm. class and it's really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, and then that's something that I tell a lot of people is like, you know, your, your memory, your knowledge of the cranial nerves may or may not last 20 years, (laughs) but those relationships, (laughs) those bonds do. And that's the beautiful part of medical school. And yeah, I agree with you completely, Missy. So yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoy your classmates. Yeah, so. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. We're in it for the long haul. So. <laughs> cool. All right. So let's end up, let's finish up. Let's talk about some fun stuff. Okay. That's like different. Okay. And and I when you walked in here, Missy, you carried a huge helmet. Yeah. What is that helmet for? Uh, well, so I have a motorcycle okay. that I bought because um, it gets 135 miles per gallon. Okay. And so I can get to and from school using almost no gas. Um, That's which, good. Which I appreciate. Do we have good motorcycle parking here? Uh, we do. Okay, it's good to like know. I did not know that. right in the A okay. area, which when you get here, you will understand mm-hmm. how awesome that is. <laughs> but I remember you rode your bike. When you yes. say bike, you don't mean bicycle. You mean... No, so, yeah, so this motorcycle is the one that I use to get to and from school sometimes when it's not snowy. And then um, I also ride, I have a lot of bikes. Um, So I have downhill bikes, I have um, cross-country bikes Mm -hmm. and road bikes and BMX bikes and all sorts of things. And you used to compete? Yes. Well, So what did you compete in? Um, So I raced BMX bikes professionally, um, basically into college, and then... Now I ride on the side still. So that's so fine. for those who are uneducated in this area, which includes myself, so what's BMX? <laughs> so BMX is bicycle motocross. Okay. Um, it's actually one of the newer Olympic sports um, mm-hmm. that you can see. So it's basically eight people in a gate max. Um, and you have like a gate cadence and everything. You get let out of the gate. And basically the reason that it's called bicycle motocross is because it looks like a motocross track okay. only it's more packed because uh we don't have engines we have legs okay. and um there are big jumps and there are crazy turns and people are you know running into each other mm. and um i mean there are obviously rules it's not is that the one with the obstacle course kind of kind of it kind yeah. of has little jumps and yeah, kind of hard turns. hard turns yeah okay yeah and it's really fun mm-hmm. um but i got to go all over the place, all over the United States and all over the world for it. How, how'd you get into that? I mean, how'd that start? Uh, so I had a neighbor who, um, he walked up to me one day, um, and you know, he was like my best friend. How old are you? In this? Um, I was like 11, okay. I think, barely 11. He mm-hmm. was like, I found this cool thing. Okay. And I was like, awesome. What is it? He's like BMX racing. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's go do it. And he goes, no, you can't do it. Cause you're a girl. 
Oh. And I was like, I really? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, like you can't do it. Girls can't do it. Mm. They're like two girls, mm. like in the whole place. You can't do it. And I was so mad mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to beat you. And when I do, like, you're going to stop racing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he's like, why? And I was like, because you're going to feel so bad about it. <laughs> I was such a sassy little kid. Um, But so I went to my mom and told her all about how I had this new passion for Mm -hmm. BMX racing. um, Which Which you hadn't done yet. Which I hadn't done yet. I hadn't even seen a bike. I didn't even know what it looked like. I just knew that that's what I was going to be doing. Okay. It's ridiculous. You were a very precocious child. Uh, Yes, I was. Um, But I was like, Mom, I'm doing it. And she was like, okay, well, you know, you have to find a bike still. And you have to, you know, get to the track. How's this going to work? And so, luckily, my um, my singing teacher at the time, her uh, son had mm-hmm. raced BMX and had this bike that he was actually trying to sell. Um, and I talked to him, and he's like, well, you can have it for $250. And I was like, that's all of my savings. That sounds like a deal, though. Was <laughs> it, it was. A deal? Okay. It was a deal okay. immediately. But for an 11-year-old, yes, but that just like, wiped you like, oh, out. God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was Declare everything bankruptcy. I'd ever saved. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then because I had put that much effort into finding it and then mm. getting all that stuff, my mom took me to the bike track. Um, and I Is had this me- in Utah? Where is this? It was in, it was in Colorado. Colorado, okay. Yeah. Um, and it was the indoor series cause it was like the middle of winter by that point. Um, and I got up on the gate and I was so scared that they literally left the gate down for me so I could roll through it okay. really slowly. And that was your first time on the that track? Was the first time on the track. Okay. I was like, I have a bike, I've got the helmet, I'm okay. ready to go. Um, and so, um, oddly for me, actually, they put me into the girls class, which sounds like it would just be all of the girls but it's actually um it's an intermediate class mm-hmm. um so you're supposed to start off as like a novice or a rookie and then move up mm. right so that you, it's not just you're like tumbling over because you don't know how to pedal over you know any dirt jump mm-hmm. um so i had got put into that class and i was determined that i was not going to lose and so um i was like way behind but there was this other girl who was like she was better than me, even though she, I think she was like eight or something. Um, and she like ran me over. Like I crashed in a corner and she like ran over me. Mm. And then the talking, next race. Talking smack. No. <laughs> Got on my I way, 11 year old. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I crashed every single round. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came back the next day and they were like, I can't believe she's still coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it worked out, you know, like um, it didn't take very long for me to get a little bit better by mm-hmm. the time that I was 12. Um I raced um, at the national championships in the like the rookie class, mm-hmm. and I got um, I got eighth overall for the year, which is really big. Like girls don't mm-hmm. place in the in the rookie classes because and there are, are just you, so many boys. Are you teaching yourself, or do you have a coach, or how's that? No, work? you kind of just go. Okay, uh, you go and okay. you pedal and you hope that it all works so out. Just by and repetition of doing yes. it many many times. Um, okay. And if you if you're really interested, you hop into clinics because you want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's generally like the local pro who's okay. teaching you what's going on. Um, so it was a little strange uh, at first, but after a while, you know, by the time that I was, um, I think, 13, mm-hmm. um, I was, I think, sixth in the nation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and then because I, like, had done really well, my mom um, let me get another bike. So there are two different classes. There's the 20-inch bicycle. So that's your diameter of your wheel is 20 inches mm-hmm. um and then there's 24 inch wheels and those are called cruisers mm-hmm. um so and, class and cruiser and that's harder 
Um, well, so Cruiser is harder for a lot of people, but Cruiser for me was a lot easier. Okay. And I don't know why, but mm-hmm. I was just a lot better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would I would make my mains still, mm-hmm. um, make my finals on my class bike, so my smaller bike. But, um, yeah, you know, I got really good on Cruiser to the point where, like, I didn't lose. Mm-hmm. Ever. Ever. So <laughs> was there any point in time, Missy, that you thought about like going pro? I mean, can you make a living off this? Uh, well, so I did go pro. Okay. Uh, so you were pro. Okay. Yep. So I went pro. But the problem with that um, is that when you go pro, you can't race the bigger bikes anymore. You only race your class bike, mm-hmm. which just meant like new challenge going for it. We'll see how it goes. And it just so happened um, that that was around when I was 16-ish. Um, and I was like going to boarding school and doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of time spent just, you know, training. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow I still did well in school. So that's really surprising the more I look back mm-hmm. on it. Um, but yeah, you know, I got, I got into being a pro. Um, I got sponsored. So um, when you wear your little uniform, it was like, you had like little decals everywhere. Yeah, so, okay. um, or you had the decals on the bike. Yeah. Yep. So we were sponsored first by monster energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were also sponsored by, um, intense bicycles. So going back and, to monster, en- the energy drink, right? Yeah. Did you have all you can drink? Um, so they, they give us cases for like each race. They'd give you like a case and then like you'd come to the next race and they'd give you another case and like, would you drink all that between the race? No. Were you supposed to drink it in the middle of the race? How did this work? No. So actually, um, because I was racing professionally, Uh it was actually, um, like some of the stuff that's in Red Bull and Mm -hmm. some of the stuff that's in Monster Energy, Mm -hmm. you actually aren't allowed to drink. So it makes me laugh every time I see like the Red Bull people Mm -hmm. and the Monster people, the Rockstar people, because, um, if they're actually getting drug tested by the the U.S. Olympic mm-hmm. Committee people, which they are, um, they're not allowed to drink any of that. So this is the definition of irony. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so they're not allowed to drink it because it has um, basically like vitamins and things mm-hmm. that um, supposedly enhance your abilities to race, even mm-hmm. though I don't really think they do. They just dehydrate you. So. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was kind of funny. Um, but instead, what I would do is take those those back, and then I'd kind of pawn them off on um, my boarding school friends. Mm-hmm. So it kind of turned into like I'd go to a race, and then I'd sell like Monster Energy drinks for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> You're very popular after the race. Awesome. So yeah. So you really said national. So where have you gone racing? Um, where have I gone? So mm-hmm. I have gone basically to every corner of the United States except for um, Alaska and Hawaii okay. for riding my bike. Um, I have done world championships in Brazil. Um, I've done them in the Netherlands. Um, I have done them in Perth, Australia and in Canada. Did you have a rival? Uh, For some reason, I, I've been inundated with like Fast and Furious scenes. I just like imagine. You know, I kind like, of did at there. one point. Okay. Um, the worst part was that this girl was actually like on my team. Okay. Um, Ooh, this gets deep. Yeah, yeah, it gets really deep. It sounds like movie rights. Oh, almost. Yeah, um, yeah. But so part of it is that um, you know there are all sorts of different types of people that that race, mm-hmm. and this this girl she was from Las Vegas, and I think that um me growing up kind of in a farmish area mm-hmm. i was like hey everybody how are you doing so good to see you mm-hmm. um and she was a little bit more gruff i would say your country charm did not work on her no okay uh if anything i think it made her angry 
And so, you know, I think at that time, too, like you're you're growing up and sometimes people don't know exactly how to express themselves. So like she'd get she'd be like, yeah, good luck. And then she'd like nail me in the arm Mm -hmm. like really hard, like right before I'd race her. And I was like, this is abuse. Like, you know, because I like I totally went into the like little like country girl being like, oh, God, like why are you hitting me? Um this so, is how they say hello in Las Vegas. I, yes. but no, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, I think I think she like she meant well. She just like didn't know exactly mm-hmm. um, how to express the same thing to me in a way that I understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would race, and like I remember the first time that I actually beat her because she was about a year and a half older than me. Um, I was going around a corner. And I didn't think that I could actually beat her. It was this, like, mental block of mm-hmm. she's bigger than me, she's faster than me, I'm never going to beat her, this mm-hmm. is awful. And I remember going around a corner, and I, I never talked during races ever. Like, there were some people that, you know, they would mm-hmm. be, like, going over a jump. They'd be like, ah, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing over there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I never talked. And I remember literally almost running into her in a corner because I just had so much more speed through mm-hmm. that corner than she did. And I remember just being like, move like move out of the way (laughs) and it was the like really the only time i can remember ever actually like having the mental wherewithal during a race to remove myself and then actually speak out loud Mm -hmm. um and i remember just being like wow like if i can do that then i can definitely pass her and so the next corner i just like zipped around her um and beat her which was great for me Mm -hmm. um and also great for my team sheet because since she'd been beating me Mm -hmm. Uh, they had her on the team sheet rather Mm -hmm. than me. So I kind of tanked my own team for that one, which that's okay because I won. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) Cool. Wow. (laughs) But yeah, it was really great. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think honestly the coolest place that I had been for biking um, was definitely Brazil because Mm -hmm. I got to see all sorts of different crazy things. Um, I got to see um, the the big slums in Sao Paulo. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I got to see um, just the people that live there and favelas, right? Is that what yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was really um, it was very different uh, to come from you know Colorado, where you know it's like kind of a farming esque community, but mm-hmm. you know nobody really farms; they just have alfalfa fields that they have other people cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and big machinery. Yeah, yeah, you know, like they're like I live in the country, mm-hmm. and they're really proud of that. Um, to go from that to seeing people who are living um, on hills that we would never build on here mm-hmm. um, and in conditions that we would um, deem to be unsanitary. Uns- unsanitary, but also like unsafe. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, that was that was a big shock, I think. Um, and so I'm really grateful that I had those opportunities because I don't think that otherwise I would have kind of honestly been brave enough to go to those sorts of places and see those sorts of things mm-hmm. so it was really cool well last question missy before you have to go um where did your desire to become a doctor how where did that come from was that part of you know mm-hmm. i assume you saw a lot of crashes i mean that did that kind of come from that i mean so where did that come from how, how did you decide to go to medical school um well so i think it kind of started um my sister growing up had chronic asthma mm-hmm um, and so somewhere around when she was 11 and I was seven, she, um, started having these really insane asthma attacks where she'd wake up in the middle of the night and hopefully be able to cry out and then she'd pass out cold. Mm. Um, and so I think that, um, 
as a like a really young kid, I just kind of started to realize that there were some things um, that were going on that I didn't quite understand and I wanted to know more about. And so I think that that kind of ignited my curiosity um, just because it was such a, a like strong thing in my life. You know, my sister's health was not very good um, and trying to figure out what was going on and how we could help her and um, just the process of all that, I think really um, intrigued me. So that kind of at least got me going on the science of medicine. Um, I think when I, I got bit by a dog and I dislocated my neck when I was eight years old. Um, Must have been a big dog. It was a big dog. It was an Akita. Mm-hmm. Um, and it dislocated my C1-2. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't know that it was dislocated. Um, and I was running around and doing gymnastics and all sorts of crazy things. Um, you know, where I also saw lots of injuries. So I think, you know, my own injuries and the injuries that I saw and the mm-hmm. other conditions that I saw kind of, um, it, for some reason, instead of it being scary to me when people were in some state of poor health, it kind of intrigued me, um, which sounds a little strange, but mm-hmm. to me it was like, I want to know more. I want to know why that's happening. I want to know why, you know, every single, um, you know, level 10 or elite gymnast that I've met has ACL problems. I want to know um, why it is that, like, when you hit the ground like that, this happens to your body. Um, you know, and I think that that was just perpetuated through um, the people that I saw injuring themselves and my own injuries, you know, like dislocated my neck, broke my back, um, had a whole bunch of crazy things happen. So I think it was, um, it was definitely one of those things that I always kind of knew that I was interested in. I just wasn't sure if I was interested in the people aspect or in the science aspect. Um, and so I think through college, um, you know, I, I kind of, I was like, yeah, I either want to do, you know, something, something with bones or I want to do something with people and bones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I wasn't quite sure. Um, and so I got offered, um, a thesis project Mm -hmm. by my advisor and he was, um, of course, he never told me this until I already started the project, so that was great. But mm-hmm. it was um, he was a Marshall Scholar who he had done a project on this crazy bony fish um, who had a um, basically a bony lung, bony in quotes because they didn't really know, that had only been described in um, 1843 by a Frenchman. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily I spoke French. So um, he offered me this project and was like, why don't you find out if you want to do this for the rest of your life or if you want to deal with people? Mm-hmm. Um, because he was the kind of guy who, as a PhD, never, ever encouraged anyone to go into medicine. He'd mm-hmm. have these you know, amazing advisees who, you know, they could do anything they ever wanted. And he, he would be like, don't go into medicine. Don't do it. Don't just don't. Um, and by the time that I was done with my thesis, um, and I'd worked really hard and I'd, you know, talked to a few people at, um, Columbia in mm-hmm. paleoic theology and they, they were basically offered me a spot at the AMNH, which mm-hmm. they've only got like five, um, total spots. So it's like, Hey, we have a spot open. If you want to come here, um, we'll expedite your application process. And since you took the MCAT, you don't have to take the GMAT. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, ah, oh. so I was just trying to figure it out. And I had a really in-depth conversation with my advisor. 
um, kind of about the science of it and, you know, where I saw myself and kind of what my passion was. And, you know, at the end of the conversation, he's like, I've never said this to anybody before, but honestly, it's like, if anybody needs to go into medicine, you need to go into medicine because, um, he's like, you know, I think that while you're interested in the science, you're interested in the people and making sure that people benefit from what you do Mm. is more important to you. So, um, I think that that was, that was really good. Um, so our gain was bony fish's loss. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, and then I came out here mm-hmm. um, and I worked in the human genetics department, which still makes me laugh to this day because it was actually the worst class I had in college mm-hmm. was molecular biology and genetics. And um, that's what I worked in for mm-hmm. two years doing evolutionary biology um, with genetics. And mm-hmm. it was really cool. And so that's kind of how I ended up in, in Utah. And I ended up... Um, you know, looking at the University of Utah, like actually seriously, because um, I think my my pre-med office didn't really even know too much about mm-hmm. the University of Utah. I think I might actually be the first person from my college. You're talking to come Mount here. Holyoke, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if anybody's ever come here from. I've not done before. the research. Yeah, um, so. <laughs> but you know, mm-hmm. uh, they were they were a little skeptical about it. Um, but I think the more that I kind of got to know it, mm-hmm. also from working next door i got to like kind of sidle up to it a little bit and see what it was about um i was really excited so well missy thanks for coming in and doing the podcast good luck on your summer hope your research projects go well and we might have you back to have more updates sounds good all right thanks missy thank you thanks for listening to talking admissions and med student life with dr benjamin chan the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school a production of the scope health sciences radio online at thescoperadio.com